Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 8. Alex shifted from foot to foot. He had been given a small soft screen for research and information, and a map of Noctis Point was glowing on it in shades of blue. The residential block was large, designed to hold more students than it did, giving it an empty feel. The walls were a clean white, and each door had a horizontal band of colour across it, mostly yellow, orange, red or purple. No stickers adorned the walls, no graffiti was scrawled on the doors. It was about as far removed from Mother Chen's as a surgeon's clean room was removed from a rubbish dump. The door Alex was stood in front of had a grey stripe across it. What if my roommate's already there, he thought. His mouth dry, he stuffed the soft screen into his pocket and cleared his throat. Then he thumbed the small glass plate that opened the door, hoping that his biometrics had already been uploaded to Elsie's mainframe. The door hushed open, revealing a deserted room beyond. Alex breathed out a little and walked in. The room was cold, smelling like it had been unoccupied for weeks, maybe months. Two beds, one either side of the door, were footed by small desks, each with matching lamp. A third desk, evidently designed to act as a communal table, sat in one of the far corners, while the other had a small doorway that concealed a cramped toilet and shower cubicle. Willing his heart to beat a little less hard, Alex dropped his bag on one of the beds. How was he going to join the PO, or face down spider soldiers if he couldn't meet a roommate without breaking a sweat? How am I going to do that stuff anyway, he thought. I'm still just a kid. For a moment, Alex allowed himself to hope that he wouldn't have to share the room, but he squashed the thought. If he didn't currently have anyone, it was going to be one of the people who had shuttled in with him, either of the girls, Natasha or Jess. The boy who had been chewing gum had introduced himself briefly as Raz. The skinny boy with the freckles was William, with a Y. The other option was Kingly. Any of those would be fine, Alex thought, except Raz. Raz gave off the sort of vibes that Alex had learned to avoid. He'd seen that look on so many walking corpses in the dimlands, high on rainbow dust or sniff, staring through you one minute and wiping your blood off a flick knife the next. Surviving Noctis Point might be tricky with Raz around. Then again, maybe he could get the distant boy on side and... The thought was cut off as the door swished open and Alex looked up. Framed in the doorway was Kingly. He looked around the room, met Alex's eyes, and let out a whoop. Well, today got better already, he said, throwing his bag into the other bed and sitting down. Was worried it'd be that Raz guy. Yeah, me too, Alex said, grinning. So what now? As if on cue, Elsie's voice floated out into nothingness, calm and quiet. As new recruits, you have the rest of today about three hours before lights out, to explore the site. An early night is advisable to help with jet lag, at least for you, Kingly, and to prepare you for your physical training, which will begin at 0730 hours with jogging. We have physical training as well, Kingly said. I guess that makes sense. 
How so? Alex asked, already feeling lost. We're here to learn to be soldiers, most of us. According to the handbook, we won't be learning any of the tactics and stuff until we're half-decent psychs, but being fit won't hurt any of us. Elsie continued her introduction. You should don a pair of overalls, which you will find in the dispenser in your refreshment room. Alex got up and walked over to the door to the small washroom and opened it. Sure enough, there was a thin slot that said dispenser, and another slightly oval slot below it that said recycling. He looked up as Elsie went on. At the end of each day, dispose of your overalls into the recycler, where they will be processed and made into new overalls. Each set of overalls is made of 99% recycled paper, with the remainder unrecoverable due to biological contamination, blood, brain matter, and similar. Alex stared at Kingley, eyes wide. From what I've gathered, Kingley said as they pulled the crackly overalls out of the slot, Noctis Point has a mediocre survival rate at best. You ever watch Noctis 9? Alex nodded. The teen drama had always been on at Mother Chen's, overworked fake explosions almost indistinguishable from the real thing. The shiny young men and women that starred in it were forever stumbling on plots to destroy the Earth, or something equally grandiose. But it also focused on their families, a few who had graduated into the PO and, more recently, a unit of soldiers at the front lines. Kingley shook his head. Yeah, well, it's not like that at all. Any of the nine ever die? There was the season finale when Jared... He came back the very next episode. None of them have ever died. But here, something like 35% of all students wash out through the morgue. Kingley slung his own clothes onto the bed and clambered into his overall. Alex, letting the information sink in and a little more embarrassed, turned his back and quickly followed suit. Also, who do you think funds Noctis 9? Kingley went on. It's advertising for this place. We see people who have got the talent, who come here, and we think they know a little about what it's like. It softens the blow. I've never thought of it like that, Alex said, closing the Velcro on his coverall. We'll probably find out more tomorrow, Kingley said. First lesson's on defence, remember, and it's a practical one. They don't encourage violence between the candidates, but I bet it's not stopped either. Why not? Kingley smiled grimly as Alex grabbed the soft screen, still displaying the site map. Kinda hard to stop something when the victim's brains are already leaking out of their ears, I'd imagine. Also, it makes a kind of sense. Forced evolution. Only the best get through. He clapped Alex on the shoulder and grinned. Eh, never mind. Probably the things I've heard have been overinflated anyway. They walked out of the room and into the corridor. The map led them out of the residential area and onto a large grassy quad. A few students were sitting in groups, some reading, a few standing on tall locust platforms towards one end. There were some couples laying out and watching the clouds. No, Alex realised, they couldn't be real clouds. The terraforming on Mars wouldn't be completed for another century, and outside the dome was still a hostile place. He peered closely but couldn't see any projectors or evidence that it was faked, and the clouds looked real enough. Check those guys out, Kingley said, pointing at the game players. What are they doing? Alex grinned. Finally, something he knew. They're playing Locus, he said. It's a psych game. It's not massive yet, like football, mainly because only psychs can play it. As they walked towards the game area, Alex pointed out some of the features. 
There are eight tall poles with little platforms at the top and a bigger one in the middle. Teams of three fight to get control over the platforms, and they get points for the ones they own each second. The Sykes were making graceful leaps, weirdly underlit as the platforms changed colour depending on who owned them. Alex could see a flame licking under one of the platforms. Five of them are just owned by being on the platform for a second, he said, but there's four special ones. Two need constant pressure, could be a psych, a person, any weight. The other two have hidden thermosensors, they need heating to score. They walked in silence for a moment. Most of the students were wearing grey, though some had coloured overalls. Some were fuchsia, one or two orange. Kingly grinned. So how old are you, Alex? Sixteen, Alex said. You? I'm seventeen, mate. Not a huge amount to tell. Dead beat dad, but he showed me the family mechanic business before he started drinking. I picked up enough from him that I could do some stuff on my own. And gradually I grew to run in the garage myself, while he snored in a pile of seat cushions. Kingly shrugged. Made me a little money, what I could get before Dad took it, but it gave me life skills, I guess. Seventeen? And they didn't spot you were a psych before then? Guess I'm a late bloomer, Kingley said. Hope it doesn't count against me. What about you, family? Alex shook his head. I grew up in a home. Not really any money, and I was about to age out of it anyway. Government funding for orphans stops a month after they turn sixteen. I tried applying for a job yesterday, something to do, but... I guess coming here was a good thing. A roof over my head, something to focus on, maybe a wage at the end of it. Can't be any worse, anyway. He cleared his throat, trying to banish a sudden image of Bink that flashed across his eyes. They had walked closer to the central spire, and they stopped for a moment to admire it. The building tapered early on, dwindling in size while still seeming to be a long way from the clouds. Alex knew the perspective was forced, though, and that the tip of the building was mere metres away from the dome. Alex felt Kingley touch his shoulder. Check out the game again, Kingley said, his voice low. I think it's serious business suddenly. The teens playing it had dropped into crouches, hands outstretched. If the films were anything like reality, Alex knew they were using their hands to focus the telekinesis, the TK, or the pyrokinesis they were exerting on each other and the platforms. For long seconds, two of them, a boy and a girl, had been warily circling each other, Suddenly the girl leapt across the space, fists lashing out and leg extended. She slammed into the boy, knocking him off the platform. It's like a battle, Kingley said. Is that allowed? Sure is. There's a psychic bit and a physical bit and both are fine. You lose if all your team's knocked off, of course, and... Whatever he was about to say was cut off as the girl was blasted backwards off her platform, flying a good five metres before she hit the ground. Her strangled scream echoed off the buildings and temporarily hushed conversation all across the quad. She lay, unmoving, on the grass. Normality began to resume, conversations trickling back into hearing, and the players gathered around their fallen comrade. Two men in fluorescent overalls were already running across the quad from the main building, stretcher in hand. How did they know already? Kingley muttered. Elsie, Alex said. If she's connected to everyone's brain, she'd know straight away. His voice dropped almost to a whisper. Is she... dead? Elsie's voice floated out of the air. Correct, Alex. It was me, and no, though she may never walk again. Unfortunately, that makes her easy pickings for someone else, should it come to combat. Does combat happen a lot? Alex said. Often enough that I can guarantee you 
that at some point in the next year, on purpose or otherwise, your life will be threatened. You've been listening to chapter 8 of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing.